0: of Martin Luther, right? You know the guy, 1521, the Diet of Worms. If you look this up, it's spelled Diet of Worms. I remember learning this in Bible college, and it was like on the headline, it says Diet of Worms. I'm like, I know John, you know, John the Baptist ate locusts and stuff, but I'm not doing worms. That's terrible. No, it's Diet of Worms. Didn't know I knew German, did you, right? This is a German situation. Worms was a, was a little settlement in Germany, and Diet was this proclamation that uh, he took on the establishment of the Catholic Church, and he lighted a spark that would one day lead to Protestantism, and he was willing to give his life. He was willing to be excommunicated from the church, willing to be persecuted, willing to cut himself. He was like, Paul, I'm willing to be cut off from all these people, he, I don't know if he was willing to be cut off for Christ, from Christ, but he was willing to be cut off from the church as he knew it in order to speak the truth. It motivated Moravian missionaries to sell themselves into slavery in 1732 in order to reach an unreached people group in the Virgin Islands. That they could be found in Christ. And a big revival broke out. It would propel Jim Elliot. Have you heard of Jim Elliot? There's a movie about him called The End of the Spirit. You need to watch it. It's an incredible movie. It propelled him To glorify Jesus until his very last breath on January 18th, 1956. As he and four other missionaries were martyred by the Indians of Ecuador. Many of those Indians would later be brought to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. As a result of the love and mercy shown by Jim Elliot's widow and family. They went back to Ecuador and preached the gospel to the people that murdered their family. 1949, Jim Elliott was considering the implications of surrendering his life to the mission field. And he opens his journal, and he writes this entry. And this is something that um, I think we would all do well to remember. I think I have it in our notes this morning. Jim Elliot said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep for that which he cannot lose. Let me say that again. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep for that which he cannot lose. And over the course of the last 2,000 years, the call to this confession of Jesus Christ, Has led untold numbers of believers to stand up before rulers of their nations, tyrants, emperors, presidents, dictators, to proclaim Jesus as the Christ, even though they meant it would cost them their lives. They would stand before kings and say, Jesus is the King of kings. For them, Romans ten nine, that we read a moment ago that says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, this was not an empty platitude, but instead, it's been written by the blood of our brothers and sisters down through the years. They confess Jesus as Lord, because this truth was so amazing. This truth was so extraordinary. That they believed, if they kept quiet about it, that the rocks would cry out in their place. They believed they were a new creation. They had a new heart. That desire to confess Jesus as Lord, no matter what their situation was, and no matter what consequences they may face. See, here's the deal. Here's the difference, okay? The difference is this. It's not whether you are willing to secretly confess Jesus as the Lord in this room. Or even in your room at home. The difference is, are you ready to confess Jesus as the Christ when the chips are down? When you can't partake in things that you like to partake in with those people around you. Are you willing to confess Jesus then? It's when you can't agree with the decision that those around you make Even when called on to do so, can you confess him then? It's when confessing Jesus as Lord and upholding his truth and righteousness is the only truth and righteousness, even though if you do this, it could cost you friendships, promotions, financial security, family relationships. It could even cost you his life. Are you willing to confess him then? This is what the apostle Paul is saying. It's nice to sit in the chair of the church and say it, and maybe even come forward. But what are you going to do outside the four walls of the church? So when Paul is saying, when I repeat this to you today, you must acknowledge, or you must confess Jesus as the Lord of your life. It's more than just lip service. If He's your Lord, you need to give Him control. And I'm not just talking about control of the things That are easy to give to him. Because there's some things that we're pretty good at giving to him, right? Our worries, our troubles, our bad situations. Take it, Lord, I can't handle it. He wants everything. Right? Every single detail of your life. Look at verses 11 through 15 with me. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they've never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the Scripture says how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. How many of you are shoe people? I mean, you, you just love shoes, right? How many of you remember Amelda Marcos? You remember that whole thing? And Whenever I hear about people with shoe collections, you think Amelda Marcos. I think it was that like in the 80s or something like that. And, and, and you kids who were not a lot, look it up. All right. I guess she had ridiculous amounts of shoes. This guy right here, his name is Jordan Geller. He's credited with having the largest shoe collection in the world, about 2,400 pairs of sneakers. He calls it his shoesium. I love that. I'm guessing he's single, um, and, and I, <laughs> I don't know, just a hunch. I could be wrong. Uh, look at some of these incredible pictures. Like You see those back at? Look at these, like just, just boxes and boxes and boxes of ridiculously expensive shoes. There, there was one pair of shoes uh, that he owns. They were Air Jordan 1s. And they were worn by Michael Jordan in a game, and he autographed them, and they went to auction. They sold for $700,000. Yeah. Yeah, Gemini Christmas. No, you're not getting that for Christmas. I don't. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Seven hundred thousand dollars for a pair of shoes. I'm pretty sure if I would wear those into any place and people saw those on my feet and they knew what they were, I'd walk in and go, "That's pretty cool, right?" I mean, that's pretty amazing. I also read that Kanye West had a pair of shoes, the original, the prototype Yeezys that he wore on like some award show or something, sold for over a million dollars. I'd be afraid to put my feet in those things, right? But listen, we might think, you know, well, most of us think that's pretty stupid, but the world might say, oh, that's cool, right? That's beautiful. That's awesome. There is nothing more beautiful. I don't care how smelly your feet are. I don't care how ugly they are. You might have warts all over them, but there's nothing more beautiful than the feet that carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's beautiful to Jesus, it's beautiful to the person that is being told the message. It's certainly, it, it's beautiful to us as well, because we have the privilege of sharing that with people. And here's the deal. Many will reject him. We go with this great news. We're all amped up about it, but you need to understand there's going to be many that will reject him. Look at what the Jews did, verses 16 through 20. But not everyone welcomes the good news, for Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, That is, hearing the good news about Jesus Christ. But I ask if the people of Israel actually heard the message. Yes, they have. The message has gone throughout the earth and the words to all the world. But I ask, did the people of Israel really understand? Yes, they did. For even in the time of Moses, God said, I will rouse your jealousy through people who are not even a nation. I will provoke your anger through the foolish Gentiles. And later, Isaiah spoke boldly for God, saying, I was found by people who were not looking for me. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. But regarding Israel, God said, all day long, I opened my arms to them. But they were disobedient and Rebellious. And so the nation of Israel, they had the prophets, right? They had the law of God. They had all of these things about the coming Messiah. They even had the Messiah in their midst. And they rejected him. They watched the Messiah turn to the Gentiles and save many of them. In fact, in Paul's day, the Gentiles were pouring into the kingdom while many of the Jews were refusing to believe. And as beautiful as the good news of Jesus Christ is, Jesus is one of the most hated people in the world. And people are rejecting Him. That's the way it was back then, that's the way it is now, that's the way it's always going to be until he returns. And our world it doesn't it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out our world is becoming increasingly more hostile toward Christianity. More against the church. And this is why it's so important for us to realize that the Messiah The Savior of the world has been revealed to us in Jesus. And if we want to be saved, if we want to be a part of His kingdom, then we need to confess Him, not just lip service. I'm talking about every single area of our lives, even when the chips are down. And we need to repent of our sins, and we need to be baptized into Him him again. And I don't care how ugly or smelly your feet are, if you're carrying the gospel, it's a beautiful thing. Your feet are beautiful to God, and they're beautiful to the person receiving it. And if He is truly the Lord of your life, I want to tell you something. If He truly is the Lord, if you're going to sit there and you're going to say, I confess Him, He is the Lord of my life, do you understand that evangelism is not optional? We're commanded. In fact, Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, Charles Spurgeon, put it this way. Have you no wish for others to be saved? Then you're not saved yourself. Be sure of that. That's just a preacher saying that. Pretty well respected preacher from down through the years. But certainly makes you think makes me think we need to get real. We need to get serious. We need to confess Jesus in every aspect of our lives. Not just within the four walls of the church. Not just in our quiet, comfy homes all by ourselves. But everywhere we go. It's the only hope the world has. And maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online. I'm thankful for those who are watching online today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being here today as well. Um, but you might be watching online and you want to make a decision to follow Him. We have a church connection number that you can text the word READY to that number. And we'd we'd love to talk with you more about Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you... Uh, you want to make that decision yourself to follow Jesus. Not just lip service. But genuinely follow him. I'm going to ask you to stand with me and and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer and and as we uh sing this closing song, um we just invite you to come to the front. Someone will be down here in the front to meet with you and pray with you and and uh Answer any questions that you may have about what you need to do to, to follow Jesus. Let's pray together.